Welcome back, friends. This is mile 34 of the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. Happy July 4th to everybody out there. Benjamin, welcome in. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you, buddy. You weren't here last time, so it's nice to hear that sweet, smooth voice once again. What are the 4th of July plans? Going to be lining up at the Red, White, and Blue Shoes race at Furman with a few guys from the Wednesday night running group. Yeah, absolutely. The annual 4th of July bonanza on the campus of Furman. Great 5K out there. If you're local looking for a race, we'd encourage you to get out. We'll talk a little bit more about local racing, some results and upcoming stuff here in a moment. I am going to get on the line for a five-miler. Ooh. We'll see what that feels like. That's a short distance for you. I realized that I believe this is the shortest race that I have been a part of in three years, maybe. Wow. So we'll see how the legs turn over. I'm putting my money on friend of the show, Max Hoffman, for the win. But I am going to do everything I can to take the old man division. I think there is a gold cane waiting me at the finish line. But, so you become a pimp uh, yeah. <laughs> after winning the old man division? <laughs> That's the hope. This past weekend in sunny California, it was actually quite perfect weather. A change of events from recent years for the Western States Endurance Run 100 miler. This is the crown jewel of American ultra racing. And your boy, Bang Bang, Coconino Cowboy, Jimmy Weemsley, has done it again. Jim Walmsley in 14 hours, 9 minutes, and 28 seconds breaks his own course record by over 20 minutes on a day that started out frosty as they climbed the escarpment early in the 30s before it heated up later. He was followed closely by friend, teammate, and training partner, Jared Hazen, 14 hours and 26 minutes, so he actually also snuck under the previous record. It was Claire Gallagher in the women's race with the second fastest women's time ever. Previous champ Courtney DeWalter was in the lead on record pace through almost 80 miles before she tapped out with a DNF as she faced injury late in the race. I know you are a huge Walmsley, Coconino, Cowboy, and Western States fan. Thoughts on Western 2019, Benji? Walmsley has been notorious for going out blazing hot at this race. Mm -hmm. Fourth time's the charm. We see a very mature Walmsley not take the lead until almost 15 miles electing to be, I believe he was like three minutes down of the lead at one point. Mm -hmm. And people were asking him if he was feeling okay and all this. He's like, no, just not time to go yet. I think the more impressive run of the day, though, was Jared Hazen in second. Um, after about 50K, Walmsley had built a lead of about eight minutes. And he, they ran the same pace from that point all the way to like mile 94. And then Hazen struggled a little bit. Yeah. But he was running that same record pace for... 80% of the race, um, which is not bad for his 100-mile debut. Yeah, that's that's the story there, right? A young pup, precocious pup. And a big shout-out goes to seventh place, uh, Stephen Kirsch, another running news informant for Kittyus Mag, uh, making his debut race over 50 miles. The 
year that Jim Walmsley has had. New record at Western. One year ago. Breaks that own his own record in between. He hit the standard for the Olympic trials in the marathon via his 104 half at Houston. Mm-hmm. And he set a 50-mile record in the Hoka Carbon X event, also in California. Has anybody had a better year in running than the man whose face is soon to be tattooed on your lower back, Jim Walmsley? <laughs> oh, Kipchoge has probably had Okay, a, he's had a, a pretty good year, year too. But um, no, I mean, this year has gone almost flawlessly for Jim. Mm-hmm. It's a little, it makes me nervous as a fan of the sport because I feel like when we start to run very well and training is going well, we start to get greedy. Mm. And with the trials about a half a year away or a little more than, it makes me nervous on what he might do in preparation for that. So we're seven months out. I'm going to spin it and say you referenced kind of the maturity that he's running with. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a wisdom to his approach right now. Perhaps he comes out better prepared than ever. I would love that. (laughs) And we all know that you have guaranteed an incredible performance from Walmsley in Atlanta. But I am starting to feel more encouraged about what he will do there. I still don't think he makes the Olympic team. I'm going to stand strong on that. But maybe if he is willing to focus in on that race as his target, we could see something remarkable. Obviously, he hopes that he can be in position late knowing that he's got all kinds of strength. Absolutely. Just does he have the foot speed to to match the elite of the elite? I I said it last time we talked Olympic trials, Galen Rupp coming back from the injury at Chicago, he still has to be the heavy favorite. Mm -hmm. I think Scott Fobble is right there with him. Can't count out Jared Ward. Jared Ward. We'll see Parker Stinson. We've known him to get out hard and fade, but had a great performance with his 25K American record at Grand Rapids. Walmsley's another name in the mix, though, right? Absolutely. And I honestly don't care if Walmsley makes the team. I just want him there healthy and fit because he's going to create a dialogue and it's going to make people interested and it's not going to be... The same Olympic trials we've seen over and over and over again. I absolutely agree. I think it, it's a great storyline. It's fan-friendly. And we'll get a true measure of how he stacks up. Because people in the road racing world want to criticize the ultra-running world and vice versa. And this is a great test to see just how good Jim Walmsley could be over 26 miles on the road. Also at Western, some local guys. Will Cunningham, friend of the show here, who had a breakthrough performance uh, in that sub-24-hour category. And out of Taylor's, Chris Crescente also. So congrats to those guys. And we had a ton of exciting local action last week, actually, all over the country. Seconds Flat's very own James Quaddlebaum, Jimmy Q, personal best in the mile, 402.7 that locks him in for his spot at the Sir Walter Myler in Raleigh on August 2nd with one of the strongest fields in the country had a dozen men 
break four there last year, so that'll be exciting. Also in that race, in second place, we saw a South Carolina high school state record run by Dolan Owen from James Island as he finished in 4.03. Yeah, that was pretty amazing to set South Carolina high school record and the second fastest high school time in the country this year. He is coming back off of a victory at New Balance Outdoor Nationals. Congratulations on a great season to Dolan, who will be headed to run at the University of North Carolina for... Coach Miltenberg. Mittenberg, Miltenberg. <laughs> New coach, Chris Mittenberg, Mittenberg, who leaves Stanford. We'll see what he can build at UNC, because it feels like that's a place that could be really good. It was a place that was good. It has been good. We've seen... Take it back to an absolute stud there in Shalane Flanagan. We've seen great runners come through Chapel Hill. Program's been a little dormant. He had huge success at Stanford, so be neat to see what happens there and with Dolan Owens. Uh, we had Grandma's Marathon in the Gary Bjorkland Half last weekend in Duluth, Minnesota. One of our previous interviewees. Former run-in employee. Ryan Root, the pride of Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a personal best in the half. He is dialed in towards the Olympic trials. He went 104.52 for the half marathon, a 98-second personal best. Congrats to Ryan. Pretty exciting stuff, as he will actually be heading this fall to Iowa to begin coaching there. Ooh, okay. Iowa City? Is he going to the University of Iowa? He is. Yes, Fantastic. He is. Good luck in the new venture to Ryan. Another trials qualifier locally who got in at Houston in the winter. Cole Atkins had a nice performance in Duluth as well with a 106 half marathon. And there were a bunch of local track guys up at Princeton for the meet that Brandon Hudgens mentioned in our interview last week. Brandon was in the 1500. It looks like he is shaking off the rust quite nicely in his return. He ran a 345-1500 in a race that featured Ryan Adams of Furman going 340 for a personal best. That's a 358-mile conversion. That's a Furman school record. So Ryan Adams looking real nice up there in a meet that also had a bunch of the GTC Elite guys. So great local showing in Princeton, New Jersey. Just a sidebar. Please do. Uh, that just speaks to the continued success of the Furman program mm-hmm. as they've already established that they're one of the best distance programs in the country. They set school records at the 1500, the 5K, and the 10K this year on the track. It's pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, awesome performances from Furman. And then the big track meet of the weekend, the Prefontaine Classic, this year in Palo Alto on the campus of Stanford as Hayward Field in Eugene is under construction, hoping to be ready next year at the new facility. Highlights from pre-classic, you had Christian Coleman with a world-leading time, 9.81 seconds. 
in the 100 meters. I believe his last three times out, he's gone 986, 985, and now lowers the world lead and his personal best to 981. It was the first time he ever defeated American legend Justin Gatlin, who now at age 37, there's still hope for me, <laughs> ran 9.87, getting under 10 seconds for the first time this year to finish second. That was into a slight headwind as well. Wow. So impressive performances there in the men's 100. The always loaded Bowerman Mile. Timothy Chariot gets the win in 350, but I think just as big as the story of the guys who were right behind him. Absolutely. We had the Ingerbritsen brothers at 351 in third and fourth place. And then American Craig Ingalls, personal best. Maybe the fastest last 200 of anybody in the race. He came storming off the curve, slingshot that sucker for his 351 as the top American. And it was the debut on the season for Matthew Centrowitz. First race with the new team. Bowerman Track Club adorned Matthew Centrowitz in his new jersey. He looks good in red. He does. I was going to mention that as well. 2016 Olympic gold medalist back on the track and 352. Nice start to the season for him. He was not the only Bowerman Track Club runner making a season debut. Shelby Houlihan showed up in the 1500 and that was a great race. Uh, Faith Kip Yegun gets the win in her first race in almost two years. She had a child in that time. That is an Olympic gold medalist who came right back and immediately got a win. Laura Muir, who's had a sensational season, the British star, taking time away now from her plans as she went through veterinary school and becomes a veterinarian. She's focused in on running for a little while. She's your second place finisher. And Shelby Houlihan in classic Shelby Houlihan style with a hard close is able to get herself into third. She was in the gold Bowerman Track Club singlet. I don't know if you noticed that because she is a Nike athlete who finished last year ranked number one in the world in her event. Yes. So she gets to wear the gold singlet. Pretty cool. All those women were sub four for 1500 meters. So that was a spectacular race. Also on the track for the ladies, that 3K wow. was scorching fast. Nike Oregon Project, great one, day. Two. Yeah. yeah, 1-2. Uh, Safan Hassan broke I, like countless records here in this with a personal best, a world lead. She gets a national record for the Netherlands. Yes. Eight minutes and 18 seconds for 3,000 meters. What's the conversion on that for two miles? What would that be? So that 818 would convert to an 854 two mile. 854 for two miles. Right behind her, the young German star Coco Klosterhofen goes 820. This was an interesting race because Genzebe de Baba was out in the lead. And in the last lap, going into the turn with like 350 meters to go got caught up on the rail on the inside of the track and at that moment Hassan used it to make her move blew past her and Coco did as well such a veteran move absolutely well-timed uh Dababa was certainly one of the favorites in the race but those two women had amazing days 
I think the image that sums that race up the best is the finish line photo with Safan crossing the line and behind her you can see Coco's face and she is just smiling mm -hmm. ear to ear because she realized how special that moment was and how incredible it is what they had just done. Yeah, absolutely. She had that, uh, you know, everybody likes to go congratulate the winner, but she just had this childlike enthusiasm as she stormed over there to celebrate what well, they had like just done. She is 21 That's or 22. That's <laughs> fair enough. Let's go to the field action because pretty cool moment from the shot put. You had this loaded field in the shot with the past world champion, the past Olympic champion, and neither of them wins the event. No. Your men's shot champion and new Diamond League record holder is Darlin Romani of Brazil. He threw that ball 74 feet, two and a quarter inches for the win in the shot. So that was a breathtaking and record-breaking performance. Any other thoughts on Prefontaine, Benji? I had two thoughts about the women's steeplechase mm -hmm. as well. In 13th place, we saw Ali Ostrander, the NCAA champion, run what was she, what she called her last race as a Bronco. Okay. So this hints at her moving forward with a pro career and forfeiting her last year of eligibility. Um, she ran a six-second personal best, six or seven-second, and ran 9.31. And then we saw Emma Coburn finish second place in 9.04, which is the second fastest time she's ever ran in the steeplechase. And she fell during the race. And she fell. Yep. So that's indicative of her being in PR shape, which is exciting as she tries to defend her world champion title this year. Yep. The only woman who beat her there is your world record holder. So it was a really nice performance from Emma Coburn. That's all we have for this week. We just wanted to catch everybody up on results from around the scene as we head out to take a little 4th of July break. And we look forward to hearing from you about your 4th of July race. Send us an email, secondsflatpodcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, we love them. But send us your result from your 4th of July race, and we'll get a little special something headed your way. Also, reminder, Wednesday night group run sponsored by Run In that's been a lot of fun at 530 Probably have a small group here for the holiday, but we will pick that back up next week, and everyone is invited to join, regardless of pace or experience. Very soon, we will have more details on the emerging Seconds Flat Athletics Club that we are excited about as well. So have a wonderful fourth. We'll see what happens at the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Competition. The safe money is on Joey Chestnut. But scared money don't make money. You got a sleeper? Eric Badlands Booker, maybe? Who's it going to be this year? Ooh, I'm staying with Joey. Yeah, it's, it's hard to go wrong with Joey. God bless America. Nothing says American hegemony like overconsumption of hot dogs at noon in the middle of Brooklyn. Enjoy your ESPN coverage of Major League Eating. We will see you next time. And like always... Pour your tea in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> On the second flat running podcast. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>